the sports stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sports stance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, you may not be the Super Bowl MVP, but he's MVP in my heart in any big game. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? I don't know if I've had such nice things ever said about me. Well, that's a shame. You should talk to your wife about that. Well, I don't count her. She always <laughs> says nice things to me. <laughs> Most people that know me know I'm a hell of a guy. Uh, um, a lot of people don't like me very much, though. <laughs> well, maybe on the work side. Yeah, Personally, yeah. most people like you. I hope so. I mean, but I don't care. You don't care? I do care. No. You messing with your microphone? I'm sorry. It's okay. I no, I sneezed. I was trying to hit my cashew button. <laughs> that was that was your sneeze. We got to talk about your sneezes, bud. That might be a medical issue. <laughs> but speaking of people that have medical issues, Patrick Mahomes had medical issues. Turf toe. I mean. I had to Google it. Yeah. So my wife had to Google it too because she asked me and I was like, all I know is it's something with your actual toe and it's like destroyed in some sort of way that it's very painful to play football but so apparently it's pretty bad yeah it, it sounds like it's nothing when you hear it but and you're like oh it's it's Did he like stub your, his toe right it's your toe like how, how bad could it be Blackburn? we all we all hit our hurt our toe we all jam it and you know let out a few expletives and then it's like okay shake it off now if you told me he had gout i'd say how the hell's he playing exactly you have personal experience with the i gout. do i don't know how he's even show up the gout goblins have gotten you plenty of times. It hurts for the sun to come up. It does. But <laughs> Mahomes probably got, you know, a nice cortisone shot in the toe. But now the season's over. He's going to need surgery. And luckily, it's only his toe that needed surgery because, man, oh, man, did that Bucks defensive line fly through that Swiss cheese of an offensive line that the Chiefs had and made Patrick Mahomes run around like crazy to the point where they couldn't score one touchdown. You know what's really amazing? With his turf toe and every other issue, on his way to the ground, that dude fired that ball, and it's amazing how many people's face masks the ball bounced off of. Hard right? to catch when the ball hits you in the face. I mean, like, Jesus, how it can it hit you in the face and you can't see it coming? Because they're <laughs> expecting him to already be on the ground sacked. I mean... I saw like, stat. Oh, crap. <laughs> Did you see the stat that came out that showed that he ran for 496 yards in that game behind the line of scrimmage before throwing passes in total throughout the whole game? That's did how much. Like do they have a little gizmo on him? How do they know? He ran they in circles. They somehow track it. I don't really know how, but that is how much he had to keep trying to run around for his life for plays to continue because – he would hike the ball and basically guys were in the backfield and he was having a duck dive, dip, dodge, and duck all. I did that wrong, but from dodge, dodge, dip, duck, dive, and dodge. That's what it is. But he had to keep doing all of that. You say dodge twice. It's part of the spiel. Okay. Just make, I saw the confusion on your face and you were like, I you was, said dodge twice. I was twice. turning on my fingers. I got to five and dodge twice. Oh my God. But he had to do it all. And yeah, like you said, there were he was literally being tackled to the ground and he was throwing bullet 40-yard passes, hitting guys off the face mask in the end zone. How frustrating must that have been for him? And I get it. Two of the tackles are out. They're not protecting him. He ran more backwards than Tom Brady ran forwards. <laughs> they show I saw one thing that showed the traje trajectory of what he had to do through the game. He was in like a white line and they showed his and then it said in the red, there was a red line in the middle that barely moved. And they were like, that was Tom Brady the whole game. Like literally it was three different lines. just like in a tiny four yard span where they just kind of fanned out in a line. So it's just, if he had to shift slightly and shift slightly, but. Did Tom, get, had, Tom got sacked once, right? I think he yes. got sacked once. But he had a pretty clean pocket the whole night, which showed, because I think he only missed a total of eight passes, 21 of 29, I think is what he was. They, they said he brings up the performance of everybody on the team. Man, they protected him like nobody's business. They protected him like he was Fort Knox and he was a bar of gold. 
They protected him like he was going to be taking care of a trophy. Yeah. But, I mean, props to the Bucks D, especially without them. Who knows if the Bucks won the game? Because, I mean, the offense, yeah, they scored. But a lot of it was due to the defense holding Kansas City, getting good field position. The punter for the Chiefs botched a punt that went out at the own 40. Like, a lot of things went the Bucks' way. And, of course, you had the people – Talking about the ticky-tacky penalty flags that came flying out. One or two, I can understand. Maybe there was one or two pass interference calls where you look at it and you go, one, he kind of tripped himself up, and two, was it even catchable, which you're not supposed to throw the flag. And, and, and sometimes in those same instances, you're looking in the photo bomb in the background at the face mask they're not calling. Or, <laughs> I mean, it was bizarre. Let him play, but I don't think that would have made a difference in the game. They got outplayed They did on offense and defense and special teams and cheerleading and the national anthem and every other thing that went on. They just got their clock cleaned. They did. One thing I did see that I kind of missed in the post-interviews was Patrick Mahomes did say in his interview when they were talking to him, they were asking about different things, and he kind of threw – I mean, I get it, but he kind of threw the offensive line – under the bus saying like they played well at times, but also at times they kind of let guys through pretty easily, which normally as a quarterback of the team, you, you shouldn't do like, I get it. It's frustrating. You just lost the Super Bowl, but you're not supposed to be the guy, the face and then be like, you know what? It's not really on me. It was everybody else. doesn't matter if it was, if it literally was everybody else, which it was, you're the quarterback you're supposed to be the fall guy. That's how you're judged. If you win and you played crappy, are you going to say, you know what? I played horrible, but luckily the rest of my team was so good. They made up for me sucking. He most likely not. Yeah. He is in a totally different place than the guy on the other side. Um, Tom Brady does bring up the play level of everybody. And when you saw pregame interviews and postgame interviews, that's all that got said. Everybody elevated their gameplay. Um, he's coaching from the field. He's giving everybody pep talks. That's all you heard. You didn't hear that on the other side. And I, I, I don't know. I think the media creates it. And I think, you know, hey, I'm showing up for the game. That dude's taking all the credit. And, boy, he got all the credit. He got yeah. the credit for sucking bad. And that's turf toe whatever. Uh, I'm thinking – Boy, he gets hurt. I don't even know who the hell's going to play. Yeah, I mean, great. He was limping up a storm. Mahomes, yes, his offensive line did suck. Like there was, there's no denying how bad it was, and he tried everything possible to make that whole offense work in any sort of way. And I mean, it wasn't for a lack of effort in his part. The numbers say he played terrible, but if you look at the actual what he did on the field. And yeah, right after the game, I put out a tweet being like, well, this puts the whole Mahomes future goat over Brady to bed, which at the moment I think it does. Because one, how he handled himself. Two, I feel like some way, somehow, if you're going to be the greatest of all time, you figure out a way to get your offense working, whether it's you start telling the coach, listen, they're breaking through this line. We cannot do any plays that go farther than five yards. We need quick outs. We need screen passes. We need something to get this offense moving down the field in any sort of way, because that offense not scoring a touchdown when you have apparently the best offensive minded coordinator in the league and the who was supposed to be the top coaching candidate, obviously got looked over and that was a whole different thing, but it doesn't look great when you have that. And then your team puts up nine points, three field goals in the Super Bowl. If you watch that game and you knew nothing, you'd say this poor bastard is running about eight miles, trying to not get tackled. Nobody's protecting him. Well, you'd wonder how they got it, there. It was an ugly mess. Are you yeah. Exactly, exactly. How did they get there over the course of the season? I mean, nobody had stellar records, right? But, dear I God, mean, they, they did well. They were the most dominant team from start to finish overall by record and by, like, a, every category. It's just you beat the Chiefs the way you're supposed to beat Tom Brady. You have a great defensive line that can push, stop the run, get to the quarterback. You have to get to him. Make him have to get out either super fast 
for short passes, which you then try to stop for two, three yard gain type things, or he sits there too long waiting for a place to develop and you sack him or make him run so, around. So he gets sacked that first time and I'm thinking, uh-oh. But that's the last time I said, uh-oh, all game. Yeah. I mean, you had, G, uh, you had Pierre Paul, who has seven fingers because of the firework accidents years ago, breaking it's, through guys with 10 fingers. Like, I forgot about that. It was that. nothing. Exactly. Do you know, by the way, interesting fact about him, he's only made the playoffs twice in his career. He is 8-0. He has never lost in the playoffs as a player. He went 4-0 with the Giants and beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl when he was with the Giants. And yeah. then he never made the playoffs again until this year where they again went 4-0 and they beat the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So he is a perfect 8-0. So it's kind of impressive when you think about it. But, I mean, I guess if he gets more chances, he'll eventually lose. So, so leading into the game, the hype and everything else, you know what I really enjoy? I enjoy when they knock on the door of the Hall of Famers or they come out on the stage and they surprise them, what a class act. The there's guy that does league. it is fantastic, too. He is. And there's another league out there that might want to take a note or two. Yeah. Instead of dragging people through the mud. By that's way, all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's fine. Well, that's where we will leave it at that. By the way, Paul, our prop bets, uh, we were decent. You ended up being the better one of the two of us. So congrats on that. Uh, yeah, thanks. I didn't, it wasn't a slam dunk by any means, but I got there. You got there. You, you did better probably than most people. I mean, there were some people that somehow got like every single one because, well, I think they might work in the black magic arts. But before we move on to Tom Brady, and since we were talking about prop bets, I want to talk about the streaker at the Super Bowl. And the little miss. Can I practice this? If you're going to streak at the Super Bowl, you ought to be something to look at. What a slot. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I don't know, fat guy from eight from the left decided to put down his beer and run out on the field. Well, not quite. He, he clearly planned this out because, one, he apparently was wearing some pink thong thing that represented the comp, like a he, adult costume something that he clothing that he does but also a little background story came out about this guy which not the smartest if you were him because it is said that he placed a prop bet that there would be a streaker at the super bowl and with the prop bet that he placed he was slated to win three hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. but he decided to tell people when he was out to lunch the next day and people recognized him that he had done this. And of course that made its way to social media, which of course made its way to the casinos, which of course made its way to the people realizing, Oh, that's not allowed. You cannot do anything involved to make that bet actually come to fruition. Therefore, when he tried to cash his bet, they said, no, no, no. We know it was you that streaked on the field. No money for you or your friends that we can connect to you. So all he gets to do is pay some legal fees. What yep. a bummer. But how dumb do you have to be to do that? I, I just don't get it. I, You know, what a good scam. It would be if you told nobody. Yeah, and you're going to scam guys in Vegas? Are you kidding me? Well, now I have a feeling that prop that probably will never be existing again. Oh, no, probably won't be existing. And now they got to think about, well, I guess now that it's a good way to get it out there that you can't cause your own win, right? Well, everybody knows that. That's like a, that is rule 101 of gambling of like, you can't hide cards up your sleeve. You can't card count. Like you can't have magnetic dice that you somehow switch out for craps and things like that. Like you just can't do any of that. If you get found out, especially in a casino, you might not make it out of the casino. No, you might make it out right into a trunk. Your kneecaps <laughs> might not work anymore. Right but into the desert. You, you might you might still be alive. So right it, this way, Mr. Pink Tutu. Just Here not a not a smart move by the guy. So that prop bet probably off the board forever. So thanks for that, Pink Thong guy. Pink Thong guy. Pink Thong. I don't know. I must have been like dazed and confused. I had to look it up after the fact. I mean, they did cut away, except they didn't cut away quick enough because you saw him run through the field past Patrick Mahomes, and then they cut away. 
So like he he made it far enough onto the field without the camera people noticing or thinking to cut away that you well, saw guys, him. The two initial guys chasing him. The guy that fell and did why that. Why is security roll? always so big? Like why are they know. the worst people to chase him? When he starts rolling, I'm like, everybody get out of the way. He looked like a bowling alley. Here it comes. <laughs> it's all but over the place. I don't get it. It's always big security guards trying to chase these people. And it just never works well. It always takes like one random cop who's clearly in shape to come out of nowhere and just tackle him. So, so I've been to some games, right? And I sit and I watch the Mass State Police that stand on the sidelines of Gillette Stadium. I wouldn't on my last minute dream think of trying to get past those guys they're gonna reach out and break you in half <laughs> yeah they are That's and then i saw do. that guy run out and chasing the streaker yep. the only guy in that stadium bigger than the streaker was that guy chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of comical oh man but yeah so that that was a sight for making my eyes sore but at the end of the day we all know the bucks won tom brady won a seventh ring and they celebrate it on boats. On the, on, oh, now I can't think of the name of the river. Well, I have no idea what the name of the river is in Tampa. Tampa. I don't know why I wouldn't know the name of the river in Tampa. Uh, let's not even try to think about it. Okay. But they celebrate there and they had themselves a mighty good time. Uh, mighty good time is understatement. Yeah, I mean, also... The fact that Tom Brady threw the Lombardi trophy from one boat to the other is crazy. Like, I can't believe that he even trusted himself enough to toss the Lombardi. That thing is not cheap. If that falls into the water, it's not like somebody can go jumping in after it because there's boats moving around them. (laughs) I'm thinking it goes right to the bottom. I mean, awesome. it is a solid. It's solid, so would it float? I don't know. It's. I don't. I don't think it's like. I don't know if it's heavy or not. I don't know what the temperature is on that. Or what the temperature should we have our listeners? <laughs> That's a message. A message. I don't know if uh, there's <laughs> a weight. On... <laughs> That's something we should do in like a pool, not in a in a river. <laughs> but even more unbelievable <laughs> is one. He threw it. But who he threw it to? He threw it to Gronk, which the history of Gronk with the Lombardi Trophy, not great. He had actually said up until, I think, the boat, he had not been allowed to touch the Lombardi Trophy yet because they were afraid of what he might do with it. Because if you don't know, years ago when Tom and Gronk were with the Patriots, they went to a Red Sox game to celebrate the championship. They had the Lombardi Trophy. Julian Edelman was throwing some baseballs in a tent while they were waiting. Gronk took the Lombardi Trophy to stand in as a batter, but for some reason decided when Edelman threw the ball, oh, I'm going to bunt and place the Lombardi trophy in front of the ball's way and dented it. So he said since then, he was not allowed to touch the Lombardi trophy. Makes sense, but the fact that they even decided, let's just toss this from one moving boat to the other. It's just incredible. So, and by the way, I don't think Ron caught it, right? Uh Somebody think, else caught. I think they said Scotty Miller helped. Yeah. Good Lord. But there was like seven people on the front of that boat all trying to kind of grab it, which makes it even more likely that it's going to fall, which it didn't. But like, they're like, well, Tom doesn't care. It's a seventh one. Like he's just like, oh, here you go. <laughs> yeah, I think he cares. I think he's going to take some heat, but you know what? Yeah, let the guy have some fun. He had his uh, sea legs working really well. Oh it was boy. A, sea of, a sea of avocado tequila, I think, is what he said. So, at least they got him we, out of it. At least we know he's human. He's human. He he partook. He had handlers, and they got him home. Right? Well, they got him to the rest of the parade part where like, they stood in front of him. By the way, how Florida can you get with everything going on in the world that they're all just like out and about having a huge bash and nobody's wearing masks or anything, and they're like, yeah, we won a championship, though. I think that like COVID leaves you no- alone for that, right? And I wonder what they did between the win and the parade in the boats. I'm sure the backdrop of Gronk and Brady at uh, Gronk at Disney World was a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 
Although, why not? Hell, it's what, two hours? They probably shot up there in a limo, did a film, shot back. Yeah. We're going to uh, Disney. We're not going in, but we're going to Disney World. He hung out with Minnie and Mickey. I think he taught them how to spike the ball. <laughs> I am I am shocked he threw it. Um, you could tell by his body language. He was shocked he threw it. He was nervous, but I mean. Hey, he's Tom Brady. It makes for a great moment, though. He didn't hurt anybody, I guess. <laughs> Boy, did he have a good time. Walking him out off the sidewalk is a classic. Oh, man. The fact that later on I saw him with his daughter in his arms, and I'm like, how is he standing, and how are they comfortable enough with him holding her that he won't fall? Avocado coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That oh. was classic. But Boy, yeah. I'll tell you. I guess there's not much more to say about Tom Brady except just like impressive. Yeah. And you know what? It's not like Tom Brady went out there and won the game because they sucked. They were a machine. Yeah. I mean, he, he threw 200 yards, three touchdowns. He was just efficient with what he did and the running game was good and they didn't have to put up huge gaudy numbers in the game. They're the chiefs were that poor with their field positioning that they didn't have to worry. Do you think there was any conversation prior to the game between Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski that went anything like this? Dude, we're scoring a touchdown in the first quarter, and it's going from me to you. We're going to break a record, and we're going to break a curse. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing. I mean, Gronk had been a no-show all playoffs. where They kept him in for blocking the entire time. But the last huge game he had of the year – was against the Chiefs. He had six catches for like for five catches for a hundred yards. So it's not like this was shocking. They knew he could he could cut through that defense and get some big chunks. And he got some big chunks and big plays. And he looked like Gronk of old. So I wouldn't be shocked if he keeps you know hanging around for at least a year or two. He might wait. He might just go out with Brady whenever he goes. He's a free agent next year, right? I think he has another year or so left. I, I, I thought he was interviewed by Patrick, uh, Patrick, uh, Michael Strahan. I think he's a free agent. I'm sure, I'm sure they will find a few million for him to come back. He's not going to, he doesn't want to play anywhere else. You're right. You win a if Super Tampa Bowl. Tampa Bay is like, no, nah, we're not signing you. Then fine. He'll retire again. He doesn't care. He doesn't. But he doesn't. I Tom, think will, uh, Tom will be like, hey, take like the four million they're offering you come back. Like we might win another one. We might win three in a row. And he's, and then we can ride off into the sunset as the most successful quarterback tight end duo ever, which you are. I watched are. that game and I said, what a way to retire. He won't. Oh, no. He said that right at the game. Oh, no, I'm coming back. Why, why, why retire when you're putting up the numbers you still are? Until he has any that, show sign of falling off. If that whole team comes back. Which, my God, why why do I feel that way now all of a sudden? I don't know. Tom, I used to want Tom Brady to retire every every single year after, well, like, year five. Now it's like, fine, you know what? Patriots, you're happy. Screw it. Let's just see how long he can keep this going. But Mike Evans is trying to keep it going. He has already come out and told the team, hey, I will restructure my contract. Take money from me to give to other guys. I want to keep this thing together and keep it going. Cause once you get a taste of the Super Bowl victory, you want it to keep coming. I might've waited until the thing started to fall apart a little before I gave up any money. <laughs> they, I mean, they got some guy, big guys that could be free agents if they don't keep them such as their number two receiver Godwin and that offense moves if the two of them are there. And so if you don't want him gone, you got to put, put some money hey. on. Put some money up and keep the Super Bowl winning team together for a couple of years and uh, enjoy some of the things New Englanders enjoyed for so long. Exactly. Besides, that, I don't know. I think they get a few weeks before they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of teams that aren't going to probably win anytime soon, the Eagles are shopping Carson Wentz. And that's also just been fun. One of the reported rumors of a trade that almost apparently came to fruition was between them and the Bears where Chicago was going to send Tariq Cohen, a first-round pick, and Nick Foles to the Eagles for Carson Wentz, which if that happened, as an Eagles fan, I would have been so mad. And I, Honestly, I don't want Nick Foles back. That just creates another issue of people being like, well, let's put Foles back in. He took us to a Super Bowl. Or yada, 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 like bullshit out the mouth. Sorry for the language. 
but still. I'm of the belief of don't trade Carson Wentz. You're not going to get anything you want of value for him. Teams are going to try to lowball you because they think you're desperate to get rid of him. They're not desperate to get rid of him. They have Jalen Hurts, who they apparently believe in to be a starting quarterback, if they're even thinking about trading Wentz. But you also have a coaching staff that has come out saying, we believe we can get Carson back to the Pro Bowl level that he was. So why, why be in any rush unless you're getting a Stafford-type deal, which it sounds ridiculous to say based on Carson Wentz's last season. But remember, he has gone to the playoffs three of the past four years, and he has dragged the team to them two of the times. The one year they were just on a roll when they won the Super Bowl. It didn't seem to really matter. But his level of play kind of raised everybody's level, and Foles continued that through the playoffs. But it's just I, – I don't get it. I don't think the trade should happen. That's really kind of where I stand on it. You are a Carson Wentz fan. You're an Eagles fan. I'm not sure the Eagles are a Carson Wentz fan. I, I just – I just, I've always thought that ownership just isn't there for him, and, and he deserves a team that uh, – and an owner that appreciates him. I get it. When time comes, the time comes. But be upfront with the guy gas him, trade him, and be done with it. But if you think you're going to dangle that carrot and somebody's going to give you the whole team, you, you, it's not going to happen. No, I mean, apparently, though, he has been in contact with the owner, with the new head coach. The only person he does not want to talk to is Howie Roseman, who is the GM, which, honestly, the whole fan base doesn't want to talk to. The fan base wants him out, too. Nobody wants Howie Roseman anymore as the GM of the Eagles. He hasn't drafted well. He has put them in a cap hell situation right now where – they're going to have to let go of some guys and restructure some guys and hope for the best because. Do you think you'll see him go? Do you think the GM will go? Nope. Cause apparently him and the owner Lurie are very tight and it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, well be like get, firing my best friend essentially. And people think he's just not willing to do that yet. Despite the years of lack of good draft classes and all of that. So we will see. Time will tell. I'm sure right after we get done recording, it will come out that once has been traded for some ridiculous package and we'll have to wait a whole week to talk about it. But that's what happens in showbiz. That's it. That That is the biz. And it's speaking a of, biz. Speaking of business, Paul, we're going to take a quick break to talk about my bookie before moving on because that is the business. Football is over, but sports are not done. That's right. The NHL and NBA are still going on. And while they are, you might as well check out MyBookie. Put down those parlays. Put down those money line bets. Do what you got to do at MyBookie.ag. Type in promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z-SPORTS, all caps, no spaces. When you do that, guess what's going to happen? They're going to match your first deposit up to $1,000. That is right. They will match your first deposit up to $1,000 when you type in the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z-SPORTS, all caps, no spaces, at mybookie.ag. Make sure you check it out now. Get in the game while you can, but always remember to gamble responsibly. All right, Paul. And like I said, remember to gamble responsibly. Next, we're going to quickly just talk about the NBA we talked last week about the Nets, how poor they look. This week, not much has changed except the fact that Kyrie Irving has come out basically saying, we look average. They do. I'm just going to ask you a quick question about them because, well, if you're not watching the NBA and you don't know about the Nets, they have Durant, they have Harden, they have Kyrie. Durant's out right now due to COVID protocols. It was a weird situation where he was allowed to play the game, got taken out halfway through the game after they first weren't going to let him play because of all the protocols, but it was a weird situation. Since then, I don't think they have won a game. Harden and Kyrie play well, but they have no defense. Absolutely none. This was a team that once they traded for Harden, who was like, well, there goes the East. They're going to cruise on through. It's not the case. So the question is, do you think a team as offensively talented can make enough defensive stops, which they have not shown to do yet, to go anywhere this season, or do you think the Harden trade was just a huge waste of picks, players, and talent? Well, you got a whole lot of trade going on there, and now you have three guys that are fantastic offensively. You can't win unless you can stop the other team. If they can shoot like you can shoot, what are you doing? You, you, you've got 
I'm, I'm going to give it uh, my old. Um, the, the team that scores the most points is yeah, going to win the game. That's exactly what and, and, and by God, you got to stop the other team from scoring. And, and I think about, um, what's his name, the seven-foot-seven dude in the Celtics that doesn't play a lot, but when the whole team was out with COVID, he stood under the basket. Nobody could score. Yeah. He took it right out of their hand. He, before it was going to be a, a, a goaltending, he just smashed that ball right out of town. And and he kept the other team at bay. So, I mean, you got to have some defense. You got to have somebody under that basket that can can handle the other players. You got to be able to stop that ball. You do. Yep. No, that's exactly it. I think the Nets are going to go down as a joke of a team this year. I wouldn't be shocked if they make the playoffs, but get knocked out in the first round because even with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, you can put up 140 points, but when other teams have been putting up 145, doesn't matter. There you go. So besides that, besides having basically three MVPs on the team that can't play anything on the one side of the ball, you know, like people say Tom Brady shouldn't be considered the GOAT because he only plays one side of the ball. Well, same goes for these guys, I guess, because you might have three talented players, but if they can't stop the ball, it really doesn't matter. But – Let's talk about guys that have been doing it all for their teams this year. Some early on MVP people, people, players, I guess. I don't know why I said people. The people do. They are people too. Paul, let's give out three. I'm going to give out three dark horse candidates. I would like to have you give out the three probably early on favorites, as most people would think, in the NBA. Um, All right. How about Steph Curry? Yeah, I mean, he's basically dragged that Warriors team to a decent record. Yeah, and and glass act kind of guy. He is, but I mean, it's what he does Paul on the player. court. It's what he does on the court, Paul. I know, I know, but you know what? I'm a class he act guy, but I can't drag a team to a 500 record. <laughs> we all say that, but some people, I get, it. I, I get, it. I 100, I agree with you, but. <laughs> I can't get past some people. Like, you know, I never liked my next candidate. I never liked LeBron James. What? Now I do. I have seen him, and it's not for, I mean, he's a great basketball player. Don't get yes. me wrong. From his days of his ego when he was 20-something years old and he's out having his TV shows and picking his team and blah, blah, blah. Not a fan of that kind of crap. But when I watched him talk about the All-Star game and what does the NBA think they're doing having an All-Star game, I thought, man, there's some heart and soul in that boy. And I liked him even more. Anyway, great player, great candidate. Yep. No, I mean, I don't think I don't think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that doesn't put LeBron as number one or one. Number one. Yeah, hundred percent number one. I don't know how he doesn't get it. And Joel Embiid. Yeah. No, I I mean you you fit the nail on the head. I tasked you with picking three guys of the top candidates and well yeah i mean you kind of did it you got Embiid's pick them up for the sixers they're the top team in the east he's having a phenomenal season and the fact that he's like a seven foot one guy that can take three pointers on one foot and hit nothing but net it's it's impressive i'm just gonna say it <laughs> so we have some dark horses coming we do have some dark horses coming so my dark horses are as follows number one he got a lot of disrespect from shaquille o'neal a few weeks ago donovan mitchell He's not the name that you think of when you hear MVP, but right now he has the uh, Utah Jazz. I almost said Denver Nuggets, thinking of Jokic. He has the Utah Jazz at 20-5 and in the West, the top team in that conference, which nobody saw coming. A lot of it has to do with him and his play. You saw it last year in the playoffs. He was just phenomenal. Young guy, has a chip on his shoulder because there are guys like Shaq that say, I don't see that star potential in you. And, well, he I mean, he's showing it. Yeah, he's proven him wrong. Next up, I have Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat. Not a name I think anybody thought I was going to be throwing out there, but when Butler plays, the Heat wins. He finds a way. He missed a lot of games at the beginning of the year with some issues. Uh, I forget what the injury was, but he missed at least like six or seven games, which shows in their record. They're 10 and 14, but when Butler's there, he's just he's a difference maker. If you're looking at most valuable player, He's a guy that you got to take into consideration. He probably won't win it. He doesn't put up the flashy numbers like all these other guys. But if you're looking for most valuable, he brings an edge to that team. 
in Miami. He brings leadership. He brings just an all-around game that helps them win. So if they can somehow go from out of the playoffs to in it and get into that top four seed after making the NBA Finals last year, he might be a name that you got to toss around and throw in there at least. And then last, for a dark horse candidate, I mean, you could put Jokic in, but he's probably number four or five on most people's list. I'm going to throw out Chris Paul with the Phoenix Suns. Because again, not putting up huge flashy numbers, but he's putting up very solid numbers. He's, you know, averaging assists like he always does. He's got the point totals up there, but he's also leading a young Phoenix squad who was out of the playoffs last year, barely, but out of it to a top four seed right now in the West. These are things that I take into consideration, at least for most valuable player, because you got to look at if you take a guy off a team, what happens to that team? And that's why LeBron's usually number one, because every time LeBron leaves a team, that team goes from NBA finalist to, hey, look, we got the number one pick. Also played. Get the blue trophy. <laughs> like, so those are my dark horses. I like your top picks. I want to know if other people, what if I want to know dark horses more than anything. You can always figure out who the top guys are, but I want to know who they think sneakily could get in there somehow, some way. Yeah, Captain Obvious with Curry and LeBron. Yeah, and I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I appreciate you, Captain Obvious. You do, you do what you need to do. Hey. It's, it's what, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right. Last thing we are going to get to, and this is just a real quick, because the last thing we're going to talk about overall in the show is I put out a Twitter question of, What's the biggest heartbreak for you as a fan in sports history? We will get to that in a second. But the last thing is Trevor Bauer, baseball, $40 million to play for the Dodgers this year. I think it's like 41 next year and 40. He got like a hundred million, like a $105 million contract, something crazy for a three-year deal or something like that for the Dodgers. My question is, is any, not just him, is any pitcher worth $40 $40 million, and why, oh, why do the Dodgers have to be the team that got him somehow? They already have six guys who were good for their starting rotation. They didn't need a seventh. I think, and this goes to my business discussion, get what you can, baby. Your career isn't going to last. Get what you can when you can get it. But $40 million, it's a sport. There are heroes there that are real heroes. That pitches get- like 30 games. That's the thing. I, this is what I don't get. He's going to he's gonna start like 30 games, but the way the MLB has approached everything lately it is pitchers go five or six innings, you pull them, you get the relief guys in for seven, eight, nine. It's how it's been. It's how it's been going these past few years. So the fact that you're going to pay a starter $40 million where he may not get a decision in 10 of those 30 starts is nuts to me. Like that, I get you on the NL Cy Young, but he also, it was a shortened season. Not to knock what he did. He had a great year for the season that it was. It was a weird time. So the fact that he pitched so well, props to him. Love the guy personally. Like, think he's a great personality. Think he represents the game really well in a fun way and interacts with fans. And that's great. $40 million seems excessive. It's uh, $220,000-ish an inning. It's something, it's something crazy. If he averages six innings a game, that's if he's a superstar. Yeah, like it's just, it's absurd. It almost breaks my heart. Leading us into the final topic of most heartbreaking moment as a, for you as a sports fan. I'm going to read a few off of Twitter after we each give hours to end out the show. So, Paul, I will let you go first because if for some odd reason we both select the same one, I'll have to switch mine. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, I have two and one I'm not going to do cause it's a Debbie Downer. Um, and it's bigger than sports. Um, now you almost have to do it. Now I have to do it. I think so. It, it, it's a sport in that it's the marathon bombing. I, it's just heartbreaking. Somebody I think mentioned that on uh, Twitter. Yeah. They said the Ortiz speech, especially afterwards is what uh, for them as a fan. It's just god awful, and you know, talk about impacting a lot of people. It impacted any kind of gathering. It just it puts more of those things that puts the world on edge. Heartbreaking. Um, uh, kids, 
oh, it's just it, yeah, it was it, not a good thing. When I get when I get away from that sadness and that piece, the Nomai trade. Oh, I did not think that was what you were going to go with. Well, I, I just you know I'm I'm of the age that that was a big deal. <laughs> I I mean I honestly thought you were going to go with the Buckner through the legs or like the I wasn't Adrian that old. Super Bowl <laughs> lost, like Super Bowl lost to uh, the Packers. It's kind of where I thought because you didn't know it was coming with Brady at all. You know <laughs> I. I've said it before. But no, the no more trade, I get Five minutes after that game, I'm like, eh, and I move on. Hey, no Well, it was also I, a huge shock for you guys to make it that far, I think, that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nomar is, <clears throat> excuse me, Nomar is like the face of the Red Sox, the face of Boston sports, devastating. And now he still is. He's on Saturday Night Live. He's in some commercials. What a great guy. Um, and you know he's not going to play for your team anymore. I think a trade of that caliber person who's that decent of a person is bigger than a big time loss. Because guess what? Tom Brady came back. The guy's wearing seven rings, six in a blue uniform, one for the other guy. But hey, I'm over that. I, I, hey, game's over. I put my chips away. Put my beer can away and life is good and I move on. But you lose a guy like Nomar and it's like, oh, what happened to him? Yeah. There's a lot of those trades. Now that you mentioned that, I get it. I I mean, one having a guy of that magnitude, especially in the middle of the season, a season that at the end of it, you ended up going on to win the World Series and break an 86-year curse. Also, it kind of digs in a little more for him and US fans being like he didn't get to be a part of that the trade that we got with him gave us the pieces to win it type thing. But yeah, no, I remember, I I forget exactly how old I was when that trade happened. I think it was like, I was 13 or so 13 or 14. I remember actually where I was when that trade happened because it was a unique place. I was, I was in Iowa for my brother was competing in uh, like the, uh, I forget what it is. The decathlon for like some Nike outdoor track thing that we went to. So I remember we were sitting in a restaurant and ESPN news popped on, on the TV. And we all saw Nomar's face and we were like, Oh, that's weird. And we asked the person like, can you either raise the volume or just tell us what it said? And they were like, Nomar Garcia power just got traded from the Red Sox. And we were all like, what? <laughs> Wait, we have to go to that time warp thing. They're like, back. you're in Iowa. Why do you care about this? We're like, we're Red Sox fans from New Jersey. It doesn't make sense. Does We don't need to explain ourselves, but what? <laughs> So, yeah, no, I get that. Mine was being the year before when Omar was still there. Aaron bleeping Boone. It was, as a young, I was 13 at the time, so there wasn't many years that I got to experience heartache and understood kind of like the oh, pit in the stomach that you get when your team loses a hard-fought game. I was an Eagles fan. I saw them lose NFC championships, and, yeah, that hurt, but it wasn't like registering – the same way, maybe maybe you hit puberty and you start realizing emotions more. I don't know. But that <laughs> happened. I remember Tim Wakefield had been dominating the whole series. He came in in that inning, and it was the like, first pitch, I think, he threw to Boone. Game, series, no chance of a World Series. I remember I was in my basement of my house, my family all watching it. It just had hit midnight, which became coincidentally also my brother's birthday. So not only did they lose, they lost on his birthday, which was just another dagger because then somebody called him and said, ha ha, F you Red Sox and hung up the phone. <laughs> it was like, well, that's a nice start to the day. And so it was just heartbreaking, especially again, growing up in New Jersey as a Red Sox fan, everybody knew the next day they were going to get to give it to me and rub it in that the Yankees are going to another World Series. The only bittersweet part of that or the sweet thing that happened from that is the Yankees went against the Marlins and lost. That was like the only saving grace of that whole situation. Hey, you know what? And and don't undersell it. Um, it's not just Yankee uh, Red Sox. Oh, cheapest. Woo. Yeah. Red Sox fans um, from New Jersey, I would say avid, absolutely avid Red Sox fans and just totally engaged in the team. So yes. That, that, that is big. They're all big, right? They're yeah. all big. And that's why I said, I put out the question. I got some answers back. So I'm just going to go through some of them. And then we're just going to wrap up the show. I'll go through like a few quick ones. 
we got one from the World Hockey Report from Cody. He said the 04 Flames Cup loss. I don't think the Calgary Flames made many World Stanley Cups since then. And I think they lost in a brutal fashion. So I, I get it. I got a few hockey ones. I got like when 1993 playoffs from Benson, the at Benson, the comic. He said 1993 NHL playoffs, Gretzky, high sticks, Gilmore, and no call. Kings win the series. So a lot of these very similar of like there was either a call or just a moment that changed it all. The one, uh, one made me laugh that it was from a golf guy. He said four behind. He goes, Dustin Johnson in 2010 as a whole, because I think he lost two based on this. He had two major championships slip away, felt for the guy. But then he said, but it's okay. He married Paulina Gretzky, so I don't feel too bad for him now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I thought you'd say something about plowing the field at uh, the yeah. old. Well, he's. I was never mind. Right, that was at uh, the old. What the hell was that stadium called? This is a G-rated <laughs> show. I almost made an inappropriate joke there when you said plow. <laughs> then we had Tyler from Tyler V. He said A's the Giambi getting thrown out at home by Jeter. I remember that play really well. That backwards weird play, and then the effing tuck rule. That was a fumble. I got a few of the tuck rule, Paul. I got a few of those. I, no, I, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. So let's see if any other, a few others that might stand out. Let's see. Uh, we had the 1992 NLCS, but a very close second, if not 1A, was the 1994 AFC Championship game where the Steelers were huge favorites over the Chargers, up 13 to 3 in the fourth quarter, outgained them by 200 yards. We had no business losing that game, but we did there it sucked a lot thanks for making me relive that <laughs> hey on the flip side go ahead go ahead i got a i got i got a fred trent trick uh must have been a red sox fan bucky bleeping dent oh yeah that you don't even have to explain it no some of these like aaron bleeping boone you just know uh one from stephen gilbert the irish bruin fan blue monday rick monday home run to eliminate the expos october 19th 1901. He even gave a date. Specific date. Probably has tickets hanging on the wall. Probably. <laughs> uh, one person said there are a lot. He must be. He's a Browns fan. Uh, there's so many for me. <laughs> Red right in 1988. I think that was when uh, Michael Jordan hit it over. Oh, no. Michael Jordan beating the Cavaliers with a shot over a guy. The drive. The fumble. Losing game seven of the World Series in extra innings twice. Yep. And you, you know what? Cleveland fans have had a rough, rough, long sports. They have history. a whole notebook. <laughs> <laughs> they do. But again, many of them. I did feel for one guy because his pain was my gain, where he said, many of them being a Tigers fan, but in 2013, ALCS stands out. Scherzer taking himself out while throwing a gem to watch Boston come back and Ortiz hit a grand slam that was mere centimeters from Torrey Hunter's glove. I really thought the Tigers were going to win the World Series that year. To which I responded, I'm sorry that my joy brought you pain because I'm a Red Sox fan. And he goes, <laughs> it's okay. At least one of us got a World Series out of it. So plenty of heartache to go around for everybody. If you have heartache, let us know. What was it that you wanted to add, Paul? So, so I, you think of all the great plays in the world, and this guy, you know, he got traded from the Red Sox, and it's it, 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 it's who? How about stealing second base, stealing third base, and stealing home? One yeah. play right after the other. Jacoby Ellsbury, of course, he dives into the base and breaks all his ribs and never recovers, <laughs> and they trade him. But that dude could run. <laughs> yeah, he was great on the Red Sox. Sorry, Yankees fan. Well, actually, I'm not sorry, Yankees fans. You, yeah, you it was a good trade. It was a great trade. The guy just oh, he was a free agent. He decided he did a Johnny Damon and yeah. our center feeder just decided to go with the Yankees for some reason. Yeah, and boy, that was a good move for the Red Sox. But yeah, that was just one of those. You watch it and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it was pretty classic. I did see another one that also, uh, I forget who sent it, but as an Eagles fan, it was a great moment for me, but bad for them. The fourth and 26th in the division round playoffs, the Eagles had a fourth and 26th. They had to go for it and they got it. And it led to them winning the game against the Packers. And the guy goes, the Packers were supposed to win it that year, but they gave up a fourth and 26 to Freddie Mitchell, who, if you don't know who Freddie Mitchell is, that's the point. <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> nobody, nobody outside of Eagles fans 
remembers Freddie Mitchell. <laughs> Mrs. Mitchell and some Eels fans. And that's, that's about it. it. That's about all that remembered him. So, but thank you to everybody who actually responded to that tweet. You know, it's always great when you put out these questions and you'd get more than just, you know, your the people that you already know and talk to and say, hey, can you respond to this? Responding. It's always nice. That's great. That's great. So we got some great ones. Uh, Paul, I think that does it for the show. Uh, football season's over. Uh, now we got to figure out what to talk about. Well, we got to drink a lot of coffee. Some of us had to drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> what a parade. Oh. All I can ask for is if you live in the Northeast, let's keep praying that there's not any more snow because I have been, done nothing but shovel and snow blow snow, it feels like, every other day. You know, um, I don't often have snow being near the coast. Yeah, you're right. I got my share. You did. Uh, and we got more coming. So, well, actually, yeah, this weekend is nothing. It's going to fizzle out, but three days next week. There we come. Oh, great. Well, Paul, as always, thank you for joining me. Good show as always, at least, you know, in our minds. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on 12 Ounce Sports on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. Make sure you like and subscribe. Check out all the other great shows. You have the other podcasts that we have, Vegas Squares podcast. They do golf previews every week for the big golf tournaments. And then also all the other shows that you can catch live all the time, like Pete's Power Plays, Mike Said It First, Captain Lou's Extravaganza, The Burn with Mitch, World Hockey Report, High Takes. We got a bunch of great shows as I'm throwing things around. My bad. I just wanted to make sure everybody was paying attention while I said these. But again, thank you to 12 on sports as always for sponsoring us and keeping us on and around. We enjoy doing this every single week. Paul, any last parting words? Um, I guess it's back to be safe. Um, we got some bad stuff out there coming from foreign countries. Keep your mask on for God's sakes. I don't care if you've had your shots, you can still carry that bitch. <laughs> That's, that is true. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy. Remember, you still got NBA and hockey. So, you know, there's still some some things to worth living for. I mean, you know, family, friends, all that stuff too. But sports. There you go. <laughs> Take it easy. We will see you all next week. Have a good one. The Sports, the sports Dance. dance.